Welcome to Big SEC Guys. I'm your host, Daniel Poppy Southers, and this is my co-host, Tucker, the damn good dog, Compton. We are the Big SEC Guys. They're the Big SEC Guys. Tuck, you broke my heart. You broke my heart this weekend. I thought my Gamecocks thought we had a chance. And then that second half, boy, that looked like a good Georgia team playing a bad South Carolina team. I'm devastated. I am devastated. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. if I mean, I feel like if I'm a South Carolina fan, I'm coming out of that game feeling pretty good about myself. I, I mean, y'all changed up your offensive game plan. Y'all, y'all – made adjustments you played the number one team in the country pretty tight I, I think literally every Georgia fan was sitting there thinking back to Spurrier days I know I had some PTSD flashbacks from uh <laughs> coming around halftime especially oh, yeah. when we missed that when we had our first missed field oh, goal gosh, it was kind goal. of um I, I mean we were watching it together and I remember you know we made that first one I go all right we should be okay because I feel like the sign of the South Carolina upset starting is always when we miss an easy field goal. And then we did it right after that. And so it was kind of like, oh, God, here it comes. Um, You know, rainy game in Athens. Georgia just seemed to be hurt and can't got out slow and it was just one of those things that every everything was adding up to me for this you know crazy upset to happen um and then georgia kind of flexed their muscles in the second half and showed showed everyone who they are and 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 played to their potential so yeah i was was excited about that listener if you're wondering tuck i watched the game with tuck at tuck's house uh Saturday, it's just the two of us and our wives and then all the dogs. So it was uh, when I, when I say dogs, I don't mean Georgia Bulldog fan. I mean, our, our actual pets, uh, <laughs> our, our physical, our physical dogs, they get along well. Um, that first half, Tuck, you're right. I mean, I was, I was proud of my Gamecocks. Rattler looked incredible. I think he was maybe like 15 of 18 or something. He looked really sharp. Our offensive line somehow looked good. I don't know how that works. Receivers look good. We lost uh, we lost Juice Wells after that touchdown. He's probably our best offensive player other than Rattler, uh, and it looks like he's going to be out for a while. But I was proud of that group. I was proud of us defensively to holding Georgia to three points. I thought that was really great. And then, you know, I never really had – I was getting a lot of texts during the games, during the game about, you know, oh, South Carolina, we're going to do it. We're going to upset them. I never really felt good about it. Uh, I don't know if that's an indictment on Beamer or if that's an indictment on my fandom. I know you talk about the doomsday dog. Maybe I'm a doomsday Gamecock, but (laughs) I never, I just never felt great about us winning that football game. And then to George's defense, I don't know what Kirby Smart said in that locker room at halftime, but boy, did it work. Cause that looked like, that looked like the ground and pound rush the passer and play good defense George of old so yeah well that's I don't know what I that's kind of the one thing that I, I I still am a doomsday dog I think every dog has that little reservation inside of them um from sure. the Rick years but Kirby has proven time and time again how to make second half adjustments and how yeah. to come out better and get his team riled up when they need to get riled up and, and, and get them going. And I think, you know, he did that, but you know, I'll talk yeah. from the Georgia perspective on this. I, I was getting, yeah, what, what you, you, you know, it was one of those, everyone, I mean, I had people text me coming up to halftime, shout out Ash Patel saying, let's bench Carson Beck, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, look guys, I, I, I'm not that big of a doomsday dog. I mean, we had three drives in the first half, I, I think is what it was. And three of them went for, you know, 65 and 75 yards, essentially. Yeah, yard gaining yards. Yep. Then, but we missed a field goal and, and had another field goal. And so, you know, that was our three points. And it, it would just felt like our we kept 
coming up short in the red zone. And I, if I've got one big fear moving forward for the Georgia Bulldogs, it is the red zone offense. It, it seems like every time yeah. we get down there, mocking used to have some creative stuff mixed up and it doesn't feel like Bobo does. I, I really don't think that it's Carson Beck's fault at all. I mean, he, he was doing his job driving us down the field. I think it really gets into coaching and creativity once you get down the red zone because you got less space to work with and fi- figuring out ways to get people open is just more difficult. Um, and I think that that was kind of where we failed in that first half and you know, but it wasn't that big a deal. I, I mean, like I said, we had three drives. Two of them were really good. One was five plays for 19 yards. So, I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. And then South Carolina's offense just played unbelievably. Yeah. Um, I mean, y'all were just – it was one of the like, – it was making crazy plays. I, awesome. On that first drive, I just remember him making that one throw and catch where it was just like, ooh, that, you know, our, our – it was D-back perfect coverage was too. Yeah. Literally all over him, jumped as high as he could, and the ball was just placed right above his fingertips where only Leggett could catch it, and he yeah. had like a dope sideline grab. But, you know, typically Georgia doesn't give up a third and 18 on the 19-yard line yeah, pass for a screen pass with broken tackles and crap for a touchdown. So, you know, that's something that we don't typically see. I saw one legit, you know – drive from South Carolina. I mean, I'm not saying the first one wasn't legit. It was it was just full of those kind of plays that yeah. don't normally happen. Yeah, that's the second touchdown drive was just like good chunk yard play, good chunk yard play, good chunk yard play, touchdown. Yeah. And that was kind of like, ooh, that that hurt. Um, but outside of that, I mean we shut them down. So yeah, you know, Georgia turned it on the second half. We started running the ball uh Dejon Edwards looks really good I, I think that's a nice sigh of relief from Georgia fans because all of our running backs have been hurt including him until this game and, and we've been like well we don't really have anyone that seems to be able to make that next step and even look good carrying the ball uh and Dejon Edwards took care of that so um he looked really good and then the defense obviously first half Spencer Rattler was 16 for 18 for 151 yards and a touchdown Second half, he was six of twenty-four for one hundred and five yards and two picks. Yeah. So that's that's what you want to see from a defense: someone that felt like they got embarrassed and got up and and got mad and and got after the quarterback. But credit to South Carolina. I mean, they had a good game plan. They loaded their offensive line with tight ends and running backs, and and were throwing it. And then it's kind of like we said after week one, where I was like, yeah, I need to put eight, protect. Yeah, put eight people in the box to protect. Rattler and then just let him sling it to like it. And that's how he did. And that that's where y'all found success on us. I'm with you. I mean, I, I look at this game, honestly, as sort of a, I guess a couple of positives and maybe a negative. So the, the positives for South Carolina were, you know, we were leaving at half. We kept it close 10 point loss off, you know, basically a 28 point spread. Um, Rattler's a surgeon when he has time. Xavier get is obviously really good. The negatives there, Juice Wells got hurt. He's going to be out for a little bit. Um, our defense has basically no depth. I thought Debo Williams, one of our linebackers, played really well. I think we've got three really, really good safeties and Nick Emanwari, DQ Smith, and the freshman Jalen Kilgore. And then one of our defensive tackles, TJ Sanders, has been playing sporadically. I, I thought he was one of the better players on the field that game. He was he was great. He was super disruptive. He looked like he probably should be on Georgia's defensive line instead of South Carolina's defensive line. So I was was happy to have him. You know, for Georgia, I think the first half was a bit of a struggle. You're right. South Carolina was doing that bend, don't break thing we like to do where we'll give up yards, but try to not let you score. We've made a that's that's sort of been our life for the past few years. And then, you know, the sometimes you need to get punched in the mouth to see what kind of team you have. And South Carolina landed that first, you know, those first couple of punches. Right. And then Georgia, you know, went back to the corner, AK halftime and, and came back out and took care of business. So I think, I think this could go one of two ways. I think this could either be a really good thing for Georgia where they say, Hey, we got our first real test there. We, we overcome some adversity, overcame some adversity. And now we're ready to sort of 
go back to the Georgia you know and love and march towards that college football playoff. But Tuck, I got to say, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Part of me thinks this Georgia team, this, this, this did not feel like a national championship winning Georgia team to me. Is that fair? Is that unfair? You know, I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think we've seen Georgia play to the national championship standard. Um, do I think they have it in them? Yes. I, sure. I still think they do. I, I don't think sure. they've played their best ball yet. Um, and the good thing is with our schedule, uh, they got plenty of time to to figure it out. Um, and I don't really see anyone until maybe the Ole Miss game <clears throat> threatening Georgia. I mean, I, I think it's we might have some more games like this. But last, you know, last year we had games like this. I, I mean, yeah. we okay. should have lost to Missouri. I mean, Missouri, yep. Played Kent State close. We we had Kentucky was a ten point game last year for Georgia. So it's not like yeah. last year we um, ever always looked like a national championship team, but then we showed out in the big moments. Um, I kind of wish we would have looked a little better, but Georgia's also severely beat up. I, I mean, losing Marius Mims, he's our best offensive lineman in this game. Yeah. Her no, Kendall man, Milton went yeah. out. Javon Bullard was he, he dressed up and then didn't step foot on the field. Lad McConkey wasn't there. Brock Bowers doesn't he look looked, quite he like his. Banged up. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, look and so it's kind of one of those things. I do think this team probably needs everyone healthy. Um, and Amaris Mims, I think it just came out. He's going to have to get ankle surgery. So apparently, it's not yes. season-ending ankle surgery, but. It's probably probably not playing anytime. Probably not playing next week. Yeah, (laughs) no, it'll be like you know. Hopefully, we have them for the SEC championship type show. Um, so or maybe even maybe even bowl games, uh, considerations. So, you know that I I think this team's hurt, banged up, a little lacking some experience in key positions, um, and it's showing right now um i do think our d-line is going to get better uh michael williams i mean he came out and said after this game he said we were sluggish in that first half we we could have done better and we we got after it in the second half and that that made me feel good honestly hearing him say that because it'd be one thing if he came out and was like yeah that o-line held us up (laughs) but he, he was more saying hey we we were not playing to our standard. Yeah, weren't weren't taking it as seriously as you probably needed to. Right. Georgia's sort of uh sort of like the American legal system, innocent until proven guilty. Georgia's the they're sort of the national champions until they're not. So I'm certainly not saying they're they're not gonna win the national championship or they're not gonna make the college football playoff. I'm not I'm not ready to to give out that hot take, but I don't know. Something about this team didn't uh I don't know. To me, well, I remember, and like I remember last year when we, years. when Georgia lost their number one ranking and, and Tennessee took it. Um, deserved well, that won't happen so. this year. Won't have to worry um, about that this year. Yeah, don't have to worry about that this year. But you know, I I remember a couple people being like, "Well, Georgia's, you know, they're not number one anymore." And I was like, "No, Georgia's number one until someone beats them." You know, yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. until Georgia loses, they're number one in my mind. Because at the end of the day, if we went out. That you're going to the playoff. So, Tuck, I've seen three. I've seen like three different SEC power rankings this week that have Georgia at two, and I'm like, you should lose your journalistic credentials if you're putting Georgia <laughs> at number two. Like, I mean, one of looking for some hot takes. Though. I know, but it's what this is the 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th straight win. I don't know what it is. Is this the 30th straight win for Georgia? It could be. I, I like, think it was like 28th or something. Yeah, but. great. Like, you can't. How do you have that team not one? Um, listener will be doing power rankings later and that's a little foreshadowing i i know i have georgia at one i'd be shocked if tuck didn't that would be the shock of the podcast. yeah well and i and i had i saw one of those power rankings where someone had uh missouri above alabama you know it's kind of like yeah. all right calm there's down. been three football games come on what are we doing here <laughs> Uh, uh, let's keep it moving. That was fun. Fun to watch that game together. Glad my Gamecocks kept it close. I, th- I think Georgia and South Carolina can build off that one. So that, for sure. that feels like a win for both sides. Let's move next to Alabama, South Florida. I mean, I, I think the big issue here is the quarterbacks. I don't know what is going on in Alabama. Talk Jalen Milrow didn't play, which I thought was, 
uh, we knew Tyler Buckner was going to start and he was, um, he was as, as bad as you could probably get. I can't imagine that getting much worse. Uh, it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, it looked like somebody who really hadn't played quarterback before, which was kind of surprising. Ty Simpson looked also not great. Uh, he looks better than Buckner, but that's such a low bar. And then where was Jalen Milrow? I was I was just so confused about this whole situation. What I don't thoughts? know if anyone knows what's going on over there. Um, yeah. I don't know whose decision it was to pull Milrow. I think everyone was pretty uh, intrigued by that. I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't think anyone was blaming everything on Milrow. Uh, from the beginning, and, and so, and I said when I was recapping that game, I picked Alabama to win by 32 points, and half of the reason was because of Milrose legs. Um, yes, and unfortunately, I already made the Instagram post, or I would have backed off of it. <laughs> um, but as soon as Buckner got named the starter, I was like, I don't know about that, but let's see. You know, maybe maybe he's showing us something. And, and I just part of me just believes that this is. I mean, it's got to be somewhat Tommy Reese. I mean, he brought this guy over as his guy from Notre Dame. He has to have been in Nick Saban's ear telling him to go get this guy. And then he's kind of forced shoving him into a starting role here. Yeah, but why go to to Ty Simpson after he struggles instead of Jalen? Well, Buckner was just garbage. He was no, oh no! I, I uh, understand. Yeah. After, of course, I don't you know. have to go yeah, to Ty right, Simpson. Right. Buckner was horrible, but like, why do you go to Ty Simpson instead of Jalen Milrow? That's the question. That you know that maybe they just were thinking this is a warm up game, and they just wanted to give some other guys a try, so we could roll them all out here. Maybe they just wanted to show all the Bama fans how bad their other quarterbacks were, so that everyone would stop calling for them. I don't maybe. know. Uh, that's a sketchy, that was a sketchy little warm up game when you're like, oh gosh, we're tied at halftime. And that's what I mean. I, I would say it at all season. I know that the quarterback situation is dire because everyone's calling for Ty Simpson, a true freshman that no one's seen play. And, yeah. and the bottom line is 99 times out of 100 true freshmen look like true freshmen. Yeah. I don't give a oh, shit yeah. how many stars you got. Um, but yeah, I mean, 17 to three over South Florida with a three to three at halftime. The Tyler Buckner's QBR, you know, my favorite stat was 15. 21.5. I mean, they were both just terrible. Um, but yeah, Tuck, I know we play that stupid game that's like, could I do that? Like, I I truly believe I could have been maybe as good as Tyler Buckner. Is that ridiculous? Is that a I will. Statement? I mean, he was five for fourteen for thirty-four yards. It's hard. It's hard to do much worse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it, their O line didn't look great either. I mean, USF was getting some pressure on them. The Alabama um, offensive line is not very good. I've been and, surprised by that. And so that that never helps. But I, I just I don't know. Like I, you see, South Carolina. I mean, we just talked about that game. That. Yeah. Their offensive line looked terrible week one. They made adjustments and just held up against the number one team. Yeah. Alabama is not making adjustments. They're, yeah. they're making bad adjustments. They're blaming yeah. it on the quarterback and pulling in Buckner and Simpson. Like They're doing the wrong things, and it, it's just one of those weird things. You know, I, I think we'll save it for another episode, but uh, <laughs> is it Saban's last season? I don't know. This is just getting weird. You know, yeah, have you seen the retirement things. rumors on Twitter? Well, Hilarious. I mean, it's every every time someone calls for Carson Beck's head or something. I, as a Georgia fan, I say, um, I trust Kirby Smart. All right, yeah. I think he's oh, earned yeah. that by now. I said the yep. same thing about Nick Saban for a decade. It's kind of like you know, I trust him to make the right call because he's always made the right call. But this was obviously not the right call. Oh yeah. No, so, I, agree I don't know what is going on behind the scenes over there. I'll tell you that Alabama defense still looks good, though. You know, fun Man. fact about that, they um, uh, Lane Kiffin came out because they're playing Ole Miss next week, and he goes, I don't think Kevin Steele was making the calls last week on defense. I saw they thought it was T-Rob. They do. Yeah. And so that? he said that he's literally planning his offense around it being his defense. Which is just kind of crazy to think that they can see that game and 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 determine who they think's pl- making the play calls based off of it. Um, but I don't know. That, I just thought that was really cool, kind of insight into the game. 
but I don't think Kiffin just says that to say it, you know, I think, I mean, he must know something or, I mean, I don't think he's ever here trying to play mind games with Nick Saban or something. No, I don't either. I mean, Traveris Robinson was for, for the listeners was South Carolina's defensive coordinator under Will Muschamp when he was the head coach for four or five years. And, uh, he, I, I, I didn't think he was particularly good at South Carolina. He's now at Alabama as there was either defensive backs coach. I'm guessing. I think that's um, what he is. That would make sense. Yeah. He's the defensive backs coach. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. They think he might be making the decisions. I love that by saving like a secret in house swap there. To yeah. The defensive coordinator mid season. That's wild. If that's true. Well, so once again, you know, kind of blaming that LSU game on, on the defense or the Texas game on the defense, if that's the case. Yeah. That means oh, he, yeah. he in house fired Kevin Steeler, demoted him, you know? And, and I don't know if that's, I mean, I guess the defense did look better against USF, but really we'll, we'll, we'll know way more next week against. Yeah. Well, yeah. US, USF isn't Texas. USF is an old Miss, but the defense looked good. Dallas Turner's a stud. We all know that name. That guy's a beast. So right. let's see if Alabama can write the ship a little bit. Um, they're, they're dropping a little in my power rankings because of the quarterback play, but they're not dropping too far. I'll say that I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's going to have them 10th in the SEC power rankings. That's <laughs> ludicrous to me. So we'll see. Uh, we got to give a shout out to active listener, big fan of the the pod, Joe Monroe on this next one. He, he told us both Florida would beat the crap out of Tennessee. And boy, I want to know where he got the crystal ball because he was spot on. Tuck, I've been telling our listeners about this Florida team about how Napier wants to do the ground and pound, wants to wants to pound the rock, wants to play good defense. And my God, they controlled the game against Tennessee. That second quarter for Florida was unbelievable, just running everywhere they wanted to. Yeah, was it? They threw the ball three times in the second oh, half, I think. They weren't they 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 were not trying to throw the ball. This was a ground and pound. We're gonna line up and we're gonna run it down your throats. Uh, I was, I thought this Florida team was really bad because I thought this Florida offensive line was really bad. And I'm just, I'm so curious. What are these click? What did Shane Beamer do to get these South Carolina offensive linemen ready for Georgia? What's Napier and staff done to get the Florida offensive line ready for Tennessee? I know Tennessee doesn't have a great defense, but they've looked pretty good this season and Florida was doing whatever they wanted to. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, what I saw with Florida's line, they were doing a lot of like jet sweeps, running off the edge and pulling these guys. Yep. And I, I guess yeah. these these guards and tackles, once they get some momentum, that I mean, I, I guess they like downfield run blocking way more yeah, than they the do pass. The big guys protection. like to run. Like yeah, that. so you know, get them a little momentum and 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 let them punish. But I shoot, Tennessee's tackling in this game Perfect. was absolutely. Horrible. I mean, that one of those, I, I believe it was one of Trevor Etienne's long runs um the safety literally just went up and like chest bumped him <laughs> and i was like what was oh, that yeah, yeah what uh, are doing, the announcers man? were focused on some other guy that like missed the tackle but i was like the safety literally came in after he got slowed down and chest bumped him and then he literally just <laughs> deflected off and ran for 50 more yards for a touchdown it was the wildest thing i've ever seen and so they're i mean their tackling was terrible but florida looked good i mean i think florida just thought Hey, we're bigger and more athletic than you. So what we're going to do is we're going to line it up, ground and pound, and, and slow this game down. And Tennessee just couldn't – in that first half, they just could not get anything going. And, and when Tennessee yeah. can't get anything going, it gets real ugly because – Because there's no time of possession. They're there's no time quick. of possession. Yeah. The, the defense gets so tired. And then I think that they were um, – you know they're they're pushing back there in the second half, trying some things, and I will say the refs were terrible in that second half. I, I was texting our our other co-host Dietre. Um, this is not a podcast that blames the refs, Tuck. No, ref I, I don't want. I mean, podcast. look, Tennessee shot themselves in the foot, and they were playing from behind and trying to get back, but it felt like the refs were just not letting it happen, kind of thing. I I, I wanted to see Tennessee come back, score you know, one more touchdown and have this be a close game. Make it a game. Um, yeah. and, and we just kept having penalties and penalties and 
penalties and, and, and no calls and different things. So, yeah. um, you know, we ended up, but yeah, I mean, Florida ended up just taking care of business there. Uh, they just beat them off the ball. I agree. I mean, I, I was curious cause I watched that game and I was like, man, that felt like Florida was dominant. It felt like Florida had the ball the whole time. And then, uh, Florida had about 40 minutes time of possession compared to Tennessee's 20, which is a wild stat. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm going to insane. pull it up right now. I, I'm curious what it was. Cause I, I mean, it has to, yeah, 20 minutes, 37 and a yeah. half to 22 and a half, which is crazy. I mean, but that's what it felt like. You're, every time you're watching it, Florida has the ball. Yeah. And they're, they're running just, it, running, using the clock. Just running. Tennessee it was just three and out in every other drive, it felt like. So that's, that's the Florida team I expected to see preseason because I thought this is going to be a big athletic team that wants to run and they're going to sort of use that to their advantage. So this, this is the Florida team I, Thought I thought I was going to see preseason, and then I watched them week one and thought, wow, this Florida team is absolutely awful against a depleted Utah team. But it seems like Napier's credit to him. It seems like he's right the ship, righted the ship. I don't I don't know where we go from here with Tennessee. Um, that defense did not look good. I gosh, I hate to say this because it's so soon. He hasn't looked bad, but like I don't know how I feel about Joe Milton. I don't I don't think he's a guy that's, you know, going to win you 10 games. Where does Josh Heupel go from here? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I, I've, I just don't think that they've got the wide receivers. I mean, Milton made some amazing throws and then some some not amazing throws per yeah. usual. I mean, we kind of got what we thought we were going to get out of Joe Milton. Um, truthfully, for, for me, the big surprise was – well, I mean, I did expect Tennessee to score more than 16 points, A. Yeah. Um, I just feel like they were trying to throw up some Hail Marys. But I, for me, the biggest surprise was watching Florida just run right at Tennessee the whole game. Dominated them. That, yeah, dominated them in the line. Of my mind. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was interesting. Um, LSU, Mississippi State, Tuck, this is a – this is one I've been I've been telling everybody who will listen, Mal- Malik Neighbors, this guy's a dog. This guy's a stud. You know, our preseason wide receiver rankings we talked about that we never really released. Malik Neighbors was my number one wide receiver in the SEC. That was one of the most dominant first halves of the football from a quarterback and wide receiver that I've ever seen. Jaden Daniels, 30 for 34 in the game, not just in the first half, but 30 for 34 in the game, 360 yards, essentially a perfect QBR. And then it was the Malik neighbor show, 13 for 240 yards and two touchdowns. He had two big ones, obviously two big hitters, but man, that's the, that's the connection I was excited to see. And I, Tuck, I think this Mississippi state football team might not be very good. Yeah, I mean, look, LSU played really well, and I don't want to degrade that in any sense. But sure, Mississippi State just looked terrible. I don't, and it Bad. was one of those things. I mean, they we talked about it, and I took the under on this game, and all these for the whole reason of they've been running it twice as much as they've been throwing it, and then they come out in this game <laughs> in the first three drives they aren't running it with their best player. Um, and when they do, it works. Jaquavius and when they Marks. do, it works. I mean, the guy, our boy Jaquavius Marks, who was the, the stud awesome. of the week last week for stud. us, eight carries for 75 yards. I mean, it's not <laughs> like – 10 yards a carry, and they abandoned the run. Yeah, I mean, and they completely abandoned it, and then they get from behind, and then they can't run it anymore because they're playing from behind. And I just – I don't know what – they were doing, and you know, they were talking in the game a whole lot about the new offense coordinator, and we talked about this uh, yeah. earlier in the week too about from App State, yeah, ma- making things simple. And it felt like Will Rogers was in his own head the entire game, and like he could not, he was not playing football. It, it just, it, it looked terrible. It's um, QBR. I I don't have it up Let's right it. now. What is I'll, it? I'll get over under. You think it's over under ten? Uh, over ten. Yeah, it was under. Isn't that it was under seven. Seven, seven. QBR. Oh my goodness, <laughs> he was terrible. And he's 
He's one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Well, that's and, kind of and as we know, LSU's secondary is not great. I mean, Florida State abused them. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking through their play chart right now. First drive, they went pass, run, pass, pass, punt. Then they went pass, sack, pass and complete, pass and complete, punt. Perfect. Uh, then they went run, pass and complete, pass and complete, punt. Then they went run, pass and complete, pass and complete, punt. Like, I, I mean, it's like how many times you can do the same thing over and over and over again. And then finally, the final drive, they kick it off with a run and it goes for 52 yards and they go down there and score. <laughs> and score. Like, it was just, it was the most wild thing. I was like, what are y'all doing? Just completely going away from your identity. It, it, it's like in a basketball game when a player's taking shots that they don't practice, you know? Oh, yeah. like, it's like, did y'all practice this? Is, is this what y'all came <laughs> in and, and y'all said you're going to do? Or did y'all just, you know, see LSU had too many people in the box, so you're going to try to sling it? Um, yeah. With the quarterback who obviously doesn't understand the system. He's obviously, you know, I don't think he was put in any sort of position to to succeed in this situation. And yeah. and he just looked he looked nervy and terrible the whole game. Looked awful. It, yeah. So I um you know not much Evan, more to say about that, but other than LSU, I flawless performance. Um, took advantage of every bit of Mississippi State's mistakes and you looked know, like the Joe Burrow LSU team. I feel like the they rod. could have won this game 56 to nothing kind of thing if they won. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kevin Barbe, offensive coordinator from Mississippi State, if you're listening, definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Might want to change some things up. That's that's a challenge. But this LSU offense specifically looked really good. That passing attack with Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr., Jaden Daniels is is looking deadly. Spoiler alert, I'm back on the LSU train, Tuck. Just like that, they've lulled me back in. <laughs> there you go. They've got me back in. And now, time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is sponsored by Pintail Site Preparation. The team at Pintail is providing the best site preparation work in Savannah, Georgia, and throughout the low country. If you need the best site prep team in the business, give Pintail a call. Pintail Site Preparation's goal is to deliver the highest quality, most cost-effective projects on schedule by supporting motivated, flexible, and focused teams, while most importantly, emphasizing on safety. If it's site preparation you want to nail, go ahead and call Pintail. Pintail Site Preparation, the best in Georgia and the Lowcountry. Let's talk a little bit about Kansas State, Missouri. Uh, actually, you know what, Tuck? Let's, uh, let's go rapid reaction for the rest of the games. Yeah, let's, let's hit the it. highlights. Rapid reaction. Kansas State, Missouri. Give me your rapid reaction. We'll go, we'll go shot for shot snake draft. So I'll start next game. Brady Cook, 356 yards and two touchdowns. Not what I was expecting against this Kansas State team. So, you know, I bet I, honestly, I think this was the best win in the SEC this week. Wow. Uh the SEC needed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We needed that. Was that it? Was that your rapid reaction? That's it. That that's was great. That yeah, was that's it. All right, I'll try to be just as rapid. Brady Cook, good. Luther Burden the third, great. Missouri's kicker, 61-yard field goal to win it. SEC record, stud. Loved it. Good win. Yeah. Good win over a good Kansas State team. I mean, this is a – this Missouri – this could be the second-best team in the East, Tuck. Missouri. That uh, second rapid reaction. Or yeah. maybe that's a rapid overreaction. That could be a fun and, and that's probably a rapid overreaction, but I like it. I mean, it's wide open. The East and the West are wide open right now. So who knows? I like it. Let's move to this next one. Rapid reaction for me. Ole Miss, big win over Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's not very good, I don't think. I think Ole Miss is good. Jackson Dart, dual threat question mark. Looked great running the ball. We know how good he is as a passer. That Ole Miss defense looked stingy when it came to the defensive line, but looked a little questionable when we think about the the secondary. So I, I think this Ole Miss team is pretty good. It's my rapid reaction. I'm still holding on to Ole Miss being a little overrated here. Um, okay. I said it last week. Yes, they covered this week. It made me look stupid, but they had to put up 24 in the fourth quarter to do it. Um, you know, Jackson Dart, 
I still I do think he's good. I, I mean, now him showing off his wheels uh, is, is kind of another dynamic that people have to watch out for. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but and and I, honestly, they controlled this game the whole time. From like going back and watching it, they they had Tech. At no point did I think Tech was pulling an upset here. Tech just kind of lingered around there, and Ole Miss I felt like kind of was playing with their food and took care of business when it mattered. I love it. Rapid reaction. Texas A&M 47, Louisiana Monroe 3. Uh, good for them. Connor Wyman back back on the bus, you know. Great win. I, I don't have too much to say about this. Man, I thought you were going to stop it. Just good for them. Because my, my rapid reaction was, good job, Texas A&M. <laughs> Warm-up game. You won 47-3. You dominated the whole game. Pretty much scored it well. Good job. Uh, we've got a lot of Auburn listeners. Rapid reaction, Tuck. Auburn, Samford. Cornerback uh, situation, still an issue. Um, but, you know, good job taking care of Samford. Agreed. Yeah, for me, Peyton Thorne. Talk about, like, random guys that we didn't realize were dual threats. Peyton Thorne, dual threat quarterback, question mark. Uh, maybe we got some more answers out of Auburn there. I'm not sure. I think this Auburn team is pretty good. I think this Auburn team is going to be 4-0 when they play Georgia week five, and I'm excited for that football game. That's my rapid reaction. That's going to be a good one. Vanderbilt UNLV rapid reaction for me. Vandy, you let me down. I was talking about Vandy starting 4-0. I was talking about Vandy hitting over 3.5. I'm pretty sure I guaranteed Vandy would beat UNLV on the podcast. Uh, Not good, Vanderbilt. Not good. I like that Vanderbilt offense. I absolutely hate their defense, and that is the exact opposite of what I thought would happen preseason. That's my rapid reaction. Yeah, no, uh, same here. Disappointment. I, I I believed in y'all, Vandy. I think we all did before the season, and you've done nothing but let us down all season. Agreed. You know what, Vanderbilt fan? Pull your anchors up. Anchors are no longer down. Pull them up. Put them in the boat. <laughs> Put them in the boat. We're, we're devastated. Uh, BYU-Arkansas, rapid reaction for me. I told you so, listeners. I told everybody that would listen. BYU Moneyline, this Arkansas team's not very good. I don't know what happened to KJ Jefferson. I don't think he's been good this season. Rocket, Rocket Sanders was hurt, so he didn't play. He hasn't been playing well. This, I, I'm shocked at sort of what's called the downfall of this Arkansas team. Uh, I'm a believer in Sam Pittman, but I don't think this Arkansas team's very good, and things are not going to get much easier for him. So that's my rapid reaction. Yeah, no, I, I KJ Jefferson just does not look like his old self. Um, I think we all had him top two as our quarterback ranking at the beginning of the season. Um, and, and I think we all thought that Dan Enos was going to come in there and, and be good. Uh, I mean, he's coached other quarterbacks, and, and just that connection right now is it, not there uh, between KJ Jefferson and the off- new offensive coordinator. Um, so, I, I've got them dropping down as well. I, I, I had them relatively high last week. Uh, I, I thought that they had some stuff to show, and obviously they do not. I agree. This is I, I, I actually enjoy the rapid overreaction too. My rapid overreaction, I think, I think we're like a week early on the Sam Pittman hot seat. I think, I'll, I think Arkansas is going to lose the next four games. That'll be five losses in a row. And that Sam Pittman seat is going to get really, really, really warm. And then George is going to bring him back as their offensive line coach and get even better. That's going yeah, to be I don't know. We, we'd have to get rid of Matt Luke somehow, but so, someone's going to have a great offensive line coach. Somebody's going to get an elite offensive line coach. Is that a rapid overreaction, Tuck? That seat a little too warm already? Yeah, you know, we'll see. We sort of have way too much of a season to play. That's a good point. Things are sort of rapidly changing. All right, Tuck, bring us home. Rapid reaction, Kentucky-Akron, warm-up game. I said I was going to have no reaction to this, and I'm going to stay with it. (laughs) I like it. No reaction. Uh, Ray Davis, the transfer from Vanderbilt, that kid's a stud. There's my rapid reaction. Good job, Kentucky. Win your warm-up game. All right, Tuck, I enjoyed that. Rapid reaction. 
success. Talked about some games. Let's uh you want to do studs and duds or you want to talk SEC power rankings? Let's hop into the studs and duds and we'll finish off with the power rankings. All right, folks. You know what time it is. Studs and duds. Can't wait. Studs and duds has been really popular. So thank you for listening, listeners. We're doing it. My first stud, it's a combo stud, Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors. Jaden Daniels, 30 for 34, basically perfect, was absolutely dominant in that football game. Malik Neighbors, 13 catches, 240 yards, two touchdowns. And I think he had like 190, so basically 200 yards in the first half alone. A couple of studs there, Tuck. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with Trevor ATN. I mean, we talked about how Florida just ran it down Tennessee's throat and it was mostly him doing it. 23 carries for 172 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this guy was running at will, making people miss, making these Tennessee defenders bounce off of him. I don't know how much of it was his doing or, or Tennessee's refusal to wrap up, but, uh, you know, he looked damn good and, and pulled up. Probably one of the biggest upsets of the week. So, um, stud. Agreed, stud. His, his brother's a stud, too, Travis Etienne. I like great. it. Chuck, we're going snakes. So you're next. Uh, next? All right. Yeah, My yeah. next one is Brady Cook. Yeah. I told you I like to go with the teams that, that do well this week. And Missouri represented the SEC, taking down the former Big 12 champions in Kansas State. Everything I looked at told me Kansas State was going to win this game. And Brady Cook said, I don't give a shit what (laughs) your statistics say, how good I've played in all my previous starts. Today, I'm going 23 for 35, putting up 356 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, The man just put the team on his back and carried them to a huge victory for the Missouri Tigers. Tuck, that's the inspiration I needed. We're Brady Cook guys now. AJ Swan, <laughs> we're no longer AJ Swan guys. We're Brady Cook guys now. I love it, stud. My next one, I know you like to pick. Uh, you like to pick your studs when they're winners, which I think makes sense. I'm going to go with a loser, but that's okay. Uh, TJ Sanders, defensive tackle for South Carolina. You could argue. I, I think there's a really good argument to be made that he was the best player defensively on the field against UGA. I'm not saying for the rest of the season, but one you know one day only, I thought he was the most disruptive defensive lineman. He had a sack. He had two tackles for loss. He had a pass deflection. Georgia started doubling him early, and he was still like breaking through. And we know that's a good Georgia offensive line. Uh, he looked like a stud to me. He was very disruptive. Stud. And if, people were wondering who's, if people were wondering who TJ Sanders is, it's number 90. If you watch a replay of the game, <laughs> that was the guy who you kept seeing on South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, definitely a homer pick. Uh, but I get to go back to back, I think, right? I is think so. Back to back now. My final stud. We talked about Missouri, but you didn't mention the real stud. Harrison Mevis, folks, game winning SEC record 61 yard field goal. I literally walked into Tuck's house fashionably early, and boy, did I get to feast my eyes on this big boy booting at 61 yards. That thing was good from at least 63 yards, it had a yard or two to spare. Game winner to beat Kansas State. New SEC record. Epic. Yeah, Dan, Dan walked in and he was like, wait, that game didn't go into overtime? I was like, no, he's he's going for a 61-yarder watch. <laughs> and they turned around and he booted it right in there. Unbelievable. Hell of a kick. Um, awesome. My final stud here is Jackson Dart. I mean, yeah, he, he has looked good the past few weeks. I've been doubting Ole Miss. I still doubt Ole Miss, but I don't really doubt Dax and Dart anymore. I, I mean, his passing numbers were, you know, relatively mediocre, 10 of 18 for 250 and a touchdown. I mean, not bad by any means, but um, his rushing attack here, like I said, I mean, unlocking that extra dimension, I mean, from yeah. a quarterback is huge, especially going into an Alabama game where you're going to have to give those defensive coordinators and that stud defense – Something to think about now, Agreed. you know, you might have just occupied a middle linebacker for the entire game because they're scared of Jackson Dart taking off. So, oh, yeah, huge, huge game. And I think it was even better from just a, a, a game management standpoint moving forward for Ole Miss. I agree. Stud. 
we were on talk keep in mind this podcast we were on the jackson dart heisman campaign first episode so we talked about him as a sneaky heisman contender you heard it here first, folks. I we're think manifesting. I'm not going to claim that, but <laughs> we're manifesting things on this podcast. We've we've been solid. Uh, let's move to duds. I'll go first, Tuck, because you're going to hate this one. My first dud of the week: the University of Georgia Bulldogs first half against South Carolina. Dud. Uh, that being said, they would also be studs in the second half. So they get a stud and a dud UGA. Congratulations. You should have just stuck with our kicker, to be honest. That Honestly, the funniest text I got this yeah, weekend yeah. was, was uh, one of my buddies, John Ash, <laughs> texted us. He goes, I guess part of being the new Alabama is you have to have a shitty kicker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was funny. So it, it's like, oh, we've made it. But now, you know, our kicker is going to shit the bed every time he, he steps up to kick the ball. So a, a quick side story. We were watching that game, listeners, and I said to Tuck before that, like, 20-yard chip shot, I was going, bad snap, bad hold, pull left. And it was like a perfect snap, perfect hold, and he pulled it left. And Tucker's <laughs> wife, Leslie, just started cracking up because I was just cheering for just random things to happen. That was great. Left pull. I like it. Tuck, give us your first dud of the week. My Actually, first you dud. got the next two, so back-to-back duds. Yeah, mine is going to be the Alabama QB room. Uh, oh, boy. We duds. didn't get to see Jalen Milrow, so I can't talk bad about him. But Ty Simpson and Tyler Buckner combined 10 for 23 with 107 yards against USF. I mean, it was ugly. Um, it, Ty, Tyler Buckner was just throwing balls into the dirt. I mean, I know it was kind of a rainy game and stuff, and which is kind of even more of a reason to put in the running quarterback. But for some reason, they didn't do it. They stuck with these two guys, and they almost paid for it. You know, thankfully they came out with a win. But I don't think anyone, including Alabama fans, are feeling good about themselves after this game. No, Tuck, you said it best. He was throwing the ball literally straight into the ground. It was shocking to watch multiple times. I mean, like multiple, multiple times. All right, who's your next dud? My next dud is going to be Vanderbilt. Just the entire okay. team. Yeah. I wanted I, I wanted to put it on a, a, a certain position group, uh, but it looked like UNLV just had a nice balanced attack yeah. and, and took Vanderbilt to the house and, and, and handled them. And, and it was just one of those Vandy tried to call back in the fourth quarter but couldn't quite do it. And, and as people that – have been touting Vandy going over three and a half all year. I think that this might've just sealed that bet uh, from ever happening. I think you're right. I think you're right. That's not the Quarkley defense we wanted to know and love. That is not it. Uh, I've got the back to back here. Mine are both going to be units too. I like, it's, it's hard to really sort of individualize a dud that can be a bit of a challenge but give me the mississippi state defensive backs against lsu They're, they had no answer for Jaden daniels malik neighbors brian thomas jr i mean it was that was a disaster i'm really fascinated to see what spencer rattler and the game packs do to this mississippi state defensive back unit next week assuming the line holds up That's yeah i mean mississippi state was supposed to kind of i mean they're supposed to be this Good defense, you know, exactly a bit low scoring. Guy. Yeah. And, 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 you know, they're also supposed to ground and pound. So it, it goes perfectly into my next one where my dud is Will Rogers for Mississippi yeah. State. I mean, oh, yeah. not only were they terrible looking on defense, but I mean, Will Rogers with under 10 QBR per day. Seven. Seven. I've got it pulled up now a 7.6 QBR. Um, he had oh got sacked five times. It looks like he just looked terrible. I, I mean, it was, I've never seen a quarterback look nervier than I watched than when I was watching Will Rogers that game. It just felt like every time he got the ball, he was not sure what was going to happen. Like it, like he didn't even know where his wide receivers were going to run. He didn't know what blocking scheme he had. It, everything just seemed so off and he looked so uncomfortable and just threw terrible passes and made terrible decisions and i honestly after the first five drives of that game i was like well i'm probably going to hit the under here solely because mississippi state's not going to score uh and they ended up you know scoring at the tail end uh 
but nothing nothing was due to Will Rogers doing anything there. So I, I'm putting a lot of it on him. I agree. All right, I'll go next. We're going back to back now instead of snakes. We're just moving and shaking. I like. I've it. done my three, so you're. Oh, you're done. Oh, yep. perfect. It's my turn. Excellent. My turn. Um, mine's the Tennessee front seven. They got manhandled by Florida. Florida did whatever they wanted to running the ball. That was just a. Uh, we thought this Tennessee defense was going to be kind of bad preseason, and then after the first, you know two weeks we thought maybe this Tennessee defense is pretty good and I think now we think they're bad again so the SEC is like the stock market folks it's a cycle you're just sort of ebbing and flowing but that yeah that looked awful they had us full I mean they had the most tackle <laughs> for loss uh in the SEC and I think yeah. like maybe even in the country uh they going into good. that game agreed and then uh just proved that they cannot get into the backfield of Florida's offense And now, time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is actually sponsored by The Cottage Shop, the premier wedding shop in Savannah, Georgia, and your one-stop shop for wedding registry, fine china, calligraphy, and custom invitation design. The Cottage Shop, where weddings happen. What a great episode of Studs and Duds. Let's, uh, Let's keep it moving, Tuck. SEC Power Rankings. How do you want to do this? You want to do... One through five, six through 10, 11 through 14, or you want to do the opposite 14 to 11, 10 to six, five to one? Let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Start at the bottom. All right, let's start with our, let's do three at a time. I'm going to give you my bottom three. My bottom three, Vanderbilt Commodores, you let us down, Vanderbilt, and specific, more specifically, you broke my heart. I've got them at 14. I've got Mississippi State at 13. That does not look like a good football team. And then I'm calling it now. I'm early on this, but I've got Arkansas at 12. I do not think this is a good Arkansas football team. Uh, I've got the exact same lineup, except I've actually got Arkansas at 13 and Mississippi State wow. at 12. Wow. Um, I just think, I mean, I dropped Arkansas big time. You, you don't just get, lose to BYU. You know, you're no. an SEC team. Get Correct. up. Be, BYU. Mississippi yeah. State at least lost to LSU, you know, probably the best team in the West now. So, you know, I, that's really the only reason I dropped Arkansas below Mississippi State. I do. I think they're probably better. Honestly, yeah. But after losing to BYU, you get dropped. Yeah, I like that. I like that extra punishment. All right, Tuck, give us your 11-10-9. 11-10-9. I have South Carolina at 11. I've got Tennessee at 10. And I've got A&M at 9. Well, first off, Tuck, how dare you? I'm just, I'm just kidding. I also have South Carolina at 11. I wanted to put them higher. I just like I couldn't make a reasonable argument in my head to put them higher than anybody else on this list. Um, I also have Tennessee at 10, which is shocking because preseason. I mean, I would have had Tennessee at four or five. Yeah. So that's a real, a real fall for from Grace from Josh Heupel. And then you had Texas A and M at uh, nine. I have. I have Texas A&M at eight. I've got Florida at nine. Uh, Florida beat Tennessee, so I have to put them above Tennessee, but I, I'm not convinced about this Florida football team. I, I think Graham Mertz is playing out of his mind, but I'm not I'm not convinced this is a good football team. Yeah. So I'll, give you, I'll give you my eight, seven, six. It's getting juicy now. Uh, so my eight, seven, six, Texas A&M at eight. I think they're fine. Um, I, I think this is a decent team. Missouri at seven. They're undefeated. They beat Kansas State. We're Brady Cook guys. I'm very proud of Missouri. So I've got them at seven. And then Auburn at six, Tuck. I think this Auburn football team's pretty good. I think Hugh Freeze was a good hire. I thought Peyton Thorne played the best he's played recently. And I think this is an Auburn football team that's gonna be undefeated and playing an epic game against Georgia at Auburn. I think Auburn's gonna play Georgia close in two weeks. There, I said it. Um, you know, I, look, Georgia hasn't proven that they they won't, but I I don't think that Auburn is playing with Georgia solely from a schematic standpoint. But I have yeah. Florida at eight, so you had Florida at nine, so I got them right yep. there too. Okay, we're right, right there. above A and M. Um, 
but you know, big win over Tennessee this week. So yeah, they, oh, they yeah. got a big bump for me. I, I think last week I would have had him at 13. 13 so, or 14, me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have had him one step above Vandy, but that's it. So good yeah. for them. Uh, Auburn at seven. I do think this okay. Auburn team is, you know, a little sneaky. I, I said at the very beginning of the season that I would not be surprised if Auburn beat uh, Alabama, LSU, or Georgia. One of those three games. I, I just feel like I'm with it, you. They, they've got that element to them. I don't think it's Georgia now just because they can't throw the ball. I, I mean, Georgia's just going to stack the box and, and punish them. Um, and then I got Missouri at six, another huge bump for me. Um, they took care of K-State. I mean, shoot, they, they might be sneaking up in the top 25 after that game. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Like we said, I mean, K-State's a good football team. They, They're 15th ranked team in the country. 15th ranked team in the country. I mean, not many people on this board right now can say that they've got top 15 wins. No. Uh, so, you know, I don't think anyone can say that actually on this board now that I'm looking through it. So yeah, props to Missouri. Good for them. Thank you for, you know, not having (laughs) us be in complete misery as an sec fandom. Making the sec look better. Thank you. We appreciate that. Missouri. Yes. Uh, Uh, I guess I'm up. Give us your five, four, three, five, four, three. I have Kentucky at five, Alabama at four, Ole Miss at three. You know, Kentucky is still to be determined. Uh, I think this is more of a everyone has fallen down while Kentucky's been just coasting along um, and doing what they're supposed to do. And so you got to give them credit for doing that because most people haven't been doing what they're supposed to do. Um, And so I got them at number five here. You know, that could easily drop as, as soon as they get into SEC play. Uh, in the coming weeks, but I've got Alabama at four. Like I, their quarterback situation is horrendous. Their offensive line isn't much better, but their wide receiver core is nothing special either. Uh, but they still have a stout defense. Um, and at the end of the day, that's going to win you a lot of football games in the SEC. So, I've still got them at four, and then I've got Ole Miss right above them. I did see the actually early line Alabama Ole Miss game this coming up week. Alabama is favored by seven points. So wow, really? That, I I thought that was a little high, but I'm gonna have to is look deeper into it before I'm. Is I'm it at Alabama? I guess. I think it is. It's um, got to be at that. Yeah, line. It has to be if that's the line. But yeah, Ole Miss at three. I mean, Jackson Dart has looked great. I feel like yeah. they've been playing with their feet a little too much in some of these games. Um, and and I, I, I'm still not a 100% believer in them, but they have been doing what they are supposed to be doing and then some. So I got them up there in the three spot. I like it. Uh, pretty similar for me. One small difference. Kentucky at five. Kentucky's like that employee at work, Tuck, who just comes in and gets the work done. Not trying to be flashy. Not trying to suck up to the boss. Just head down, work hard. Three and oh. I've got Alabama at four as well. The QB play is concerning, but that defense keeps them in the top five of the SEC, if you ask me. And then I've got LSU at three. I think Ooh. this LSU team's really good, but I'm... Uh, I've got a, let's just say I've got a new crush in the SEC West and I'll keep going. You can probably guess process of elimination. That's right. Ole Miss listeners. Ole Miss at two, University of Georgia at one. I love Jackson Dart. I love Lane Kiffin. I've adopted this Ole Miss team as my second SEC team since South Carolina has been breaking my heart so much recently. And then UGA at one. They just keep winning. So until they lose, they're going to be at one for me. Standing reservation at one for UGA. Um, well, yeah, look, I, I like it. Um, I disagree, but uh, I got LSU at two, Georgia at one. Perfect. Same spiel on Georgia. Have we looked like a national powerhouse that we've been the past couple of years? No, not yet. But until we lose, I'm, I'm keeping us up there. Um, 
and then LSU looked really, really good this week. Um, and at the end of the day, LSU just lost to – and they beat a really good Florida State team in the first half and then, you know, kind of fell apart in the second half. Yeah. And first game of the year, you know, I just – LSU has every capability of clawing back in this thing, winning now and, and facing Georgia in the SEC championship kind of thing. And, and that, yeah. that's honestly how I see this season going. I think Ole Miss – is good, but that their rushing attack needs to be more consistent. Yes, it looked pretty good against Georgia Tech, but it, it, it that has not been stellar all year. Uh, their sure. Ole Miss, our, their defense has been a little iffy as well. Um, I just think they've got a few more holes in LSU, and uh, so I've got LSU right above them. I like it. I like it. All right, Tuck. Well, that's it. Great episode. Any final thoughts? No, man. Just looking forward to another week of SEC play, man. We're, we, we're getting into the grind of it. It, it should be even more fun this week. we got a lot like of good it. games. Listeners, stay tuned for the week four preview. As Tuck said, we've got a lot of good games this week. We're pumped. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Big SEC Guys. We are now on Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcast. Please follow, like, subscribe, and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. The end.